Okay, okay. Well, we'll just we'll talk about things. Yeah, because we don't really have like, an intro. Format. Like, let me let me quickly explain this uh, this press secretary situation. Okay. Okay. So basically, there was a politician uh, that I was in the process of interviewing. Okay, and I I had I was in contact with his press secretary, and so. <laughs> He was very friendly, which was great. But uh, after I had interviewed this politician, uh, that the press secretary added me on Facebook, which most people at that point would have been like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because that's kind of weird. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a real sucker for people adding me on Facebook. <laughs> so I added him back immediately. Uh, and I was like, hey, OK, cool. Now we're friends. Uh, and he messaged me. And he said, sorry for the random ad, which I am now told, by the way, by my coworkers, that if anyone starts off with sorry for the random ad, it means that they want something. Anyways, <laughs> he said, sorry for the random ad, but, uh, you know, I'm a press secretary, you're in the media, and I feel like I, I always like to make friends with the media. And I was like, OK, cool, dope. Sounds good. Uh, I left it at that. He messaged me the next day Ooh. and he said. So tell me more about yourself. What do you like? I don't know. What do you what do you like to do for fun? And I was like, oh, women felt like that was a bit personal. But OK, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I told him I like to do laundry or something like I was I was really not giving him. Anything. Oh, man, no, like, <laughs> that, 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 that would do it for me. <laughs> so so I, was, I don't know. I said like laundry. Uh, I like to go to the gym. I like to. I said some things. I don't know, man. I, I don't think I gave him an honest answer. Anyways, uh, I said, what about you? And he replied, I like to watch Netflix, sleep, nap, or anything to do with bed. Okay. And I replied, good synopsis. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, the next day. So I left it at that. Obviously, it was like, I, I'm pretty good at these conversation cutoffs at this point. But the next day he messaged me back and he was like, um, he said, so tell me a little bit more about yourself. Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> and to his credit, it never went any further because my reply was, I feel like this is too personal and feel free to add me on another platform that would be a bit more appropriate Sorry, hope we can be friends in the future. See ya. And then I unadded him. Anyways. I mean, that's pretty diplomatic. I thought it was, yeah. But when I told my coworkers about it, they were dying of laughter because they said I was a complete idiot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't expect it. He was a press secretary. I figured that we were... I figured it was like a professional type of thing. But I don't know. He was clearly trying to press something. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyways. So that's fun. Yeah. Welcome to Ben and Warren's Untitled Podcast, episode three. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, Alex. Episode three. I'm very excited to be here once again. And uh, so we can share our wonderful tales of wonderful tales, nonsense and shenanigans. I have a couple of that is. I have a couple of tales this week. Okay. Do you want to uh, actually? You know what? Maybe I will tell us. Uh, I'll I'll go take a little bit of a lead here because you got the opening story. Um, we had a blizzard up where I'm living on the island, 
and uh, it was pretty intense. Uh, it got to the point where this is this is probably about a month ago now because uh, it has been that long. Which has it great. really? Um, I think it's been about a month. <laughs> well, sorry if yeah. you're a fan of the show. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're we're being consistent. It was about a month between the first two, so oh. it was a little bit longer on this one. Well, that's but, great. Then, anyways. Yeah, we believe in consistency here at the Untitled Podcast. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we we had quite a bit of a blizzard one night, and uh, it got so bad that the OPP went and they shut down all of the roads on our island, and they pulled off all the snow plows, and like it was just so far gone that there was absolutely nothing that they could do, and so they just took everybody off. That was pretty wild, because I've never experience that like living in a place where it's gotten so bad they shut down the roads so basically our entire island got ground to a halt that night so that was very interesting experience the problem was (laughs) sorry sorry that's not the problem i feel like that is the problem the problem the problem for me was that it was really really warm and obviously we have pushing a meter of snow on the ground here and so it got to a, probably a balmy one degree, I'm, I'm thinking, and in the sunshine that would have obviously gotten a little bit even stronger. So everything started melting and it started melting fast. So I happened to go into the office that day and driving down the streets in my town was like driving around literal lakes that were bigger than my car. And fortunately, it was the residential area. So I was able to drive on the wrong side of the road for a lot of it and kind of avoid it because I don't really have a I don't have a lifted truck. unlike most people around here in the north. Uh, So I'm kind of at the mercy of the road conditions. But anyways, came home from work that night and I knew that I was going to have some problems when I couldn't even really pull into the spot I normally park at at my place because the slush, everything had just turned to slush and I was not getting any grip whatsoever. So I kind of like was half stuck and I figured, you know what, it'll firm up overnight and then once it's hard enough, I'll be able to drive out on it uh, the next morning because that's when the temperature was just going to plummet overnight to like minus 15. So all the slush was going to freeze and it would be okay. I could drive away. What did freeze overnight? But it froze in such a way, and there was so much slush that where my car rested, it was deeply embedded (laughs) in the slush. And we got up in the morning, and uh, my my landlord and I, who's like the the gentleman of the house, who's always you know clearing out the driveway for us with his tractor and whatnot. we 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 uh we noticed there were a few big drifts on the on the driveway and so he said you know what i'll just drive you into work it's no problem um because your car wouldn't make it through the drifts and then this will save me from having to plow it out like first thing in the morning it's easier so he drove me into work and then he brought me back in time for dinner that night and this was a production night so i had to leave again so when i tried to leave uh i decided to take my car because everything had been frozen and whatnot so I tried to put my car in gear and I'm letting out the clutch and it's just not moving and the car is just getting bogged down and down. And it was to the point where my clutch was almost completely out and it was about to stall because it couldn't, like, I, I couldn't even spin the tires. My car was frozen to the ground. So I tried a few times, probably burned up a good amount of my clutch in the process, but uh, eventually we were like, yeah, that's not happening. So uh, he drove me back into the office to finish up the night. Uh, and then my editor drove me home later that night, which was great. So the next morning, uh, <laughs> I went outside with a, with an ice pick 
and I picked away at it with this guy for about, <laughs> it was probably about half hour to 45 minutes of just chipping and chipping with an eye. Like please, my hands, my hands were numb. tell me you didn't pop a tire. No, I was being very careful to not go immediately next to it to, to avoid okay. that. But, and it was sharp enough that it like, it stuck in, it didn't like glance off and hit anything else. So that was good. So I was chipping away at it for half hour, 45 minutes, and it was still just, buried in ice so we said you know what screw it we're gonna hook up his truck and uh we just hooked up a rope to the uh to the back and we managed to with great effort i had to be in the car on the gas and he was pulling with his truck and we eventually managed to pull it out the shocking thing was that when it was out you could see the extent of how deep it was and like i'm not kidding I'm not exaggerating when I say that there was probably, it was probably at least 10 centimeters of solid ice that was encasing my front tires that like, if not more than that, like it was probably close to half a foot of just ice. So it was not going to go anywhere. Um, but eventually you got it out and uh, it seems to be working okay now. So that was, uh, that was good. Oh my God. Um, and that was a six minute story uh, that is taking up our time. So you wow. want to go ahead with one of yours? <laughs> No, I'll just I'll say as far as the ice, the ice goes like I've I've never experienced anything that bad. But uh, once again, during that same blizzard uh, up on the mm -hmm. on the Bruce Peninsula, they had the same issues. And mind you, this this happens at least. I think this happens at least once a year up that way where I'm from as well. Like I, I can recall just at least one good snowstorm every year where every single road gets completely closed, but never to the point where cars are frozen to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody was giving me a hard time, but people like to give me a lot of hard times about my smallish car for this Northern climate when they're all driving Jeez. around their truck. So yeah, they gave me a good hard time for that. <laughs> but well, uh, someone's got to yeah. give you yikes. Not what I meant. Anyways. <laughs> uh, what was the name of that guy, by the way? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so why don't you tell me about some of the stuff that you've been up to lately? Uh, well, I guess by the time that this, uh, this podcast is released, it'll be safe to say this, but I'll, you know, I'll I'll message you as soon as it's official. Okay. Um, I applied for a promotion within my workplace for a permanent weekend anchor position. Hmm. And I was told last night that I got the position over wow. uh, several other candidates. Congratulations, dude. That's so exciting. It's pretty cool. Oh so my I, gosh. so I'll now be on, here's the thing. I'll now be on salary, more consistent hours. Yeah. And the most important factor is, there's going to be one of those big voice things that comes on before me and says, here's Ben. Like, you know, that is so cool, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, wow. So yeah. like, so what does this mean for your actual job in terms of what you're doing and like the hours that you're working? Man, honestly, it's not going to change much. It's just uh, a bit more responsibility, a bit more time uh, in the day like just just like one hour more per day to get my work done that's the thing about being a part-time at this uh, radio station you're still basically doing 
almost everything that full-time staff are doing mm -hmm. you just have less time to do it and you get thrown around a lot more <laughs> yeah <laughs> so hopefully somewhat of an end to that but i'm still like that's that's the nice thing too is that they've trained me on many basically all the different roles in the workplace and i think i've done okay at them but the point being i'm okay with being thrown into different things because they've shown me how to do it all so that's dope that's so exciting oh my gosh i i can't believe that that's ah this is such great. I know news. for once I kept a secret from you, Warren. I How love does it. It, feel? <laughs> it feels great because the payoff is what it's I all don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How does it feel? Yes, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of the big news. Wow, uh, that's huge. End, as far as my job goes, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I can't believe that. And I'm sure that you know how great this will be, but just as somebody who has been lucky enough to be given a salaried position, like currently, like it is just really nice just to not have to worry about, I don't know how much I'm having coming in right now. Like, even if it's, even if you have like a big yeah, salary, a small salary, yeah. like just doesn't matter how big it is. It's like just knowing that this is what I have to oh, work. It's going to be, it's going to be so much easier for budgeting. Like that's the thing is leading up to this, I've tried and failed at budgeting so many times because I always get to like, I go through all the things and I'm like, oh, this is what I usually spend. This is what I do. And I can track my spending. But then when it comes to income, I've always had a part time job, which once again, not complaining. Part time jobs are dope. Yeah, of course. Uh, employment is a dope thing. But <laughs> having varied, uh, having a varied income like you said it's 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 difficult it's annoying you gotta count it feels like you're counting pennies like yeah uh, it's brutal so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to actually having a very clear sense of what's coming in yeah that's excellent man oh i, I can't believe that's so exciting wow wow i guess i should say another one of my work-related stories at this point um and if I say this story, then people are going to be quickly figuring out exactly where it is that I live, even if I haven't edited it out That's in the okay, earlier man. podcast. I don't think anyone's really going to come after you. I really don't think anybody <laughs> gives a rat's ass about what we uh, what we do here on the podcast, <laughs> all of our six viewers. Um, anyways, uh, one thing that our <laughs> island is, I call them viewers, they don't even view, they just listen. Um, I know. As you're, as you're telling this, I'm going to check how many we have on Spotify. Please do. Okay. Um, so our island is really well known. Our, our claim to fame that we like to extol to the world is that we are the world's largest freshwater island. However, that is a disputed title because in Brazil on the Amazon River, there's an island called like Marajo Island. I don't exactly know the pronunciation of it. Hopefully I did it justice. It is way bigger than us. However, Yes, it's on the Amazon River, but one side of the island faces directly into the open waters of the Atlantic Ocean. And so, okay, so that doesn't count. It shouldn't count because like at really high flow seasons, there's enough fresh water coming out of the Amazon River that it mixes pretty well and that it's mostly fresh water. But that's one port of the part, one time of the year, and it's also not exclusively freshwater. It's brackish at best. So, uh, which I phrase I never expected to say is brackish <laughs> at best. Uh, um, anyways, uh, so 
there's that controversy over whether or not our island is the biggest or whether this Brazilian island is the biggest. And that controversy reared its ugly head again at the beginning of February because um, I was searching around for story ideas and I happened to notice some couple people from our island angrily tweeting to the TV show Jeopardy, which had hosted a clue on one of its episodes. That, oh my um, goodness, what a that timely thing to, to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And so it referred to, um, it was, it said the world's largest island in fresh water is located on this river. And so they were looking for the Amazon river, which would imply that they've given the title to this Brazilian island. And so we're like, ah, 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 that's, that just can't fly that, that no. So then the, then the work started. Uh, so I wrote to the press people at Jeopardy and I said, Hey, uh, we would like some comment on this status because this is like what we call ourselves. And the really interesting thing about the whole controversy is that Alex Trebek actually was born and raised in Sudbury, Ontario, which is uh, about an hour and a half away from us. So this is where he's from. So we're like, uh, we want to talk with Alex Trebek and just, you know, kind of give him a joking, like give him a hard time. Like, ah, come on, man, you're a Sudbury boy. Why didn't you stand up for the hometown? Like not in a like way to defame him or anything just to yeah. have a little bit of fun on the story on the story um i eventually got a comment back from uh the jeopardy people and they said that alex would not be available for an interview <laughs> um which i did not want to take that for an answer so i called them like once a day for the next week and a half and i just kept trying and just because ordinarily like if we were anywhere else or if he was born anywhere else like yeah that's fine but it's just because he had the personal connection we thought that it would be fun just to you know kind of play that up a bit um i also contacted a couple governments in brazil a couple of the local governments on the island to get their opinion on the matter i never heard back from them uh one person <laughs> i did hear back from was um I actually managed to find and track down the guy who had answered that question, the contestant who had answered that question on the show. And I asked for his opinion on the controversy. And so he shared with me that he had, he was aware of the controversy and he wasn't overly familiar with like, or like the, the circumstances surrounding it. But uh, yeah, he gave me a couple of his thoughts, like whatever he could say without violating his NDA or whatever that he would sign to be a contestant. So that was cool. So we ran the story. And then that's when the fun really started. So the day that our paper came out, our editor got an email from this producer at CBC Radio Canada in Sudbury. And he was like, hey, I want to interview somebody from your island in French about this controversy and this story. And my editor was like, yeah, that we could do that. But like, that wouldn't really make sense. It would make more sense to have somebody who actually worked on the story and who could talk to it. No so that way. meant me. <laughs> so last week I was interviewed on CBC Radio Canada in French. Um, and as you may or may not, as you would know, but as our listeners may or probably would know, but may not know, um, I, je ne parle pas le français. Um, yes, you don't. So, so how did you get a translator or what? So what happened is this producer that reached out to us, he did a, like an interview with me in the afternoon. And then when it was time for the show, uh, like in the later afternoon, uh, basically he was the guest on the show and they played clips for me. And then after they played the clips, um, 
they he basically just went on he said in french okay so basically what he was saying was like and uh so yeah i my my voice and my opinions on our island appeared on cbc radio from thunder bay to i guess the ottawa valley all across That's northern awesome, ontario dude <laughs> yeah it was so wild you you moved there how long ago and you're already literally a representative for the island <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's been eight months and I'm, I'm i'm one of their proud defenders now oh my goodness but it wasn't the story doesn't end there either because the following day our local mpp stood up in the ontario legislature you're and he called me. a point of privilege and he was like flapping his arms up and down and saying, this is the largest freshwater island, not in Brazil. And there was so much confusion because the Speaker of the House was like, what the heck are you going on about? Oh, my God. And, um, and thought that that the our, our MPP was saying that our island was in Brazil. And just a whole bunch of confusion, but eventually uh, the speaker was like, okay, we'll send, we'll send a copy of the transcripts from today to Mr. Trebek and maybe he'll correct his record. I, I, so I just still, love yeah. that amidst the amount of controversies we've been having with, you know, like changes to autism funding, changes to OSAP, <laughs> protests on the legislature, your MPP stands up and is like, now for what really matters, what we're all here for. <laughs> It's just waving his arms around and people are like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> the best part about it was that there was like, I don't know if it was another MPP or just like a staffer sitting next to him. And she was just like, so into it. She was like banging her hand on the desk and she was like, here, here, like cheering it on. And all of the seats around them were completely empty. There was nobody there. So like, I don't know if it was just like an off day at the legislature, but like there was nobody there. It was hilarious. Like very few people there, I should say. But, Yikes. That's um, so funny. But I was still, I was still trying to track down Alex Trebek and I kept calling and calling and I kept just getting like absolutely stonewalled by the, uh, the press people there. And then the news came out from last week about uh, Mr. Trebek's battling uh, stage four pancreatic cancer. And right. so um, we basically decided, yeah, we're going to, we're going to call off the, uh, the hunt for the comment even though like you know as i said it was a light thing and it's supposed to be kind of fun but we figured you know what it's another thing that you have to worry about so let's just take care of it so we took that one off the list <laughs> and so that's the story of my <laughs> this crazy crazy story i wrote that took me into places that i never expected <laughs> you know what is funny too is even at the end uh, of that story I was not I wasn't I was waiting to say something because every story you've told me so far you're like ah yeah and then I guess that was just the end of it but wait because then, <laughs> then you tell me something else completely absurd so I was waiting for like and then Alex Trebek was waiting at my house and freezing my tires to the ground a second time with a gun yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely am. I'm trying my best to get a spot doing infomercials someday. But uh, so that's why I'm kind of training my conversation style for that. But really, wait, there's more. No. Oh, OK. Well, I was completely fooled. Whatever. Oh, well. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Warren. Your first one could be, has this ever happened to you? And just a recording of you ice picking at your tires, trying to get them free. <laughs> No more. <laughs> Just have you ever move been south? 
Have you ever been harassing a television show host only to find out that they've been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer? <laughs> We've all yeah. been there. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. What a story, man. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild and I never expected any of it, but pretty it just cool results though. I mean I know you didn't get to talk to Trebek, but oh f yourself, Trebek. No, I'm kidding. That's a good SNL <laughs> reference. I just feel like I can't make that reference anymore. That's always yeah, I, the one I said whenever I heard Alex Trebek's name, but like now I now it's I, gonna be yeah. it's gonna be uh, yeah, there's gonna be a bit of time and there probably will be well, I don't wanna get too morbid, but it's <laughs> at the risk of comparing Alex Trebek to 9-11, um, there's probably going to be a certain threshold after the event and before it becomes acceptable to make jokes about it again. And some people will always feel that it'll never be acceptable. So, yeah, it's well, it's such a yeah. anyways, it's such a gut punch to I mean, he's such a I was talking to my afternoon anchor basic. So one of my bosses the other day and he was talking mm -hmm. about just how Alex Trebek is like a legend in canadian broadcasting yeah and we have every newscast and stories come down from the canadian press and they have categories right so he was saying and he was going off a little bit saying like i they better not put alex trebek getting cancer in the entertainment section yeah. because i feel like that's something that they would do not to diss the canadian press but they they have done stuff like that before where people yeah, die yeah. and it goes into entertainment yeah um <clears throat> But anyways, he was saying Alex Trebek is like a, a legend of broadcasting, just like Bob Barker. And we looked yeah. it up and he's been on air the same amount of time. I feel like he, him and Bob Barker are like two of the just the well, they are. They're the game show titans of the world. Like yeah, they totally are. So iconic. Yeah. And and Alex, yeah, like as far as I've been alive and long before that, like when my parents and my grandmother was watching him, it was always Alex Trebek hosting Jeopardy. And he's just like that constant that you you kind of know in the back of your mind that nothing is constant, yeah. but like you, you always think that part of you thinks that he's always going to be there. Right. It, it's, he's kind of like your grandpa, honestly, yeah. who just asks me questions all the time. Yeah. And then like gives you snappy responses when you don't get the answers right. Like, mm, you should have got that one. <laughs> You're a marine biologist. What were you thinking? That's a very he's actually, specific he's actually, response. He he is quite a sass master. Like if you listen to some of his responses to people that get questions wrong, like he's got some bite to him. Oh yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't get that. You can't get that far in the media industry without getting a little bit sassy. I think. Eh, probably not. So I understand that you were in a studio lately, recently. Oof. Oof. Big oof. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. The same friend that you uh, originally hooked us up with to go record our first track, our band, uh, by the way, uh, Ticklish Cage, at the Ticklish Cage Experience on Instagram. Follow us for all the latest details. Um, <laughs> uh, the sa So the same friend that Warren introduced us to the first time, she messaged us back a couple months ago now, I guess, or a month and a half ago-ish. And she said, uh, hey, you guys were great to work with the first time. It is now the second semester and we have an even bigger project. We need to record three songs with individual instruments and master it that way. So the first one was just a big all at the same time recording. It's OK if the mics bleed through. It's like a live thing. You know, if you have a bad take, well, that's uh, that's a shame. You're going to probably take some stuff from a different take and try and get it in there but it's also live right right it's like off the floor right so this one was more 
you're alone, you're playing your instrument by yourself, and if you don't get it, you like talking to the mic and say, "Okay, not another take. I don't, I don't like that. I didn't get my seven and a half jelly filled donuts before we started." Um, Sorry, who are you emulating there? Huh? Who are you emulating there? <laughs> I was emulating my best, uh, my best celebrity who refuses to perform unless their ridiculous demands are met. Okay, just generic. Oh yeah. Okay, gotcha. Oh yeah. Um, so we we went and we recorded our next three songs. Uh, one is called Michelle. One is called Pity Party, and another is called hypocrites and they are all sad and they're all just for sad dudes so if you want to be happy don't listen to our stuff but it's for sad dudes only uh so that's going to be coming out (laughs) like we're not sure when we're going to put it up yet but basically we realized we have four songs that's enough for an ep yeah so the first ticklish kgp is going to be out pretty soon that's sure well i mean that's the thing though it is completely thanks to you man well, I wouldn't say completely thanks to me. I would just say, you know, maybe 98%, you know, trying to get that milk in there somehow. The initial connection is completely thanks to you. Well, it was my pleasure to uh, to make that happen. And I wish I could have been there and, you know, taken part in all of it. But uh, I, I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot. So thank you. Well, same, man. That's the thing, too, is that that original version of, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we recorded just a version of cynical uh, which was our first song we recorded it on one of our phones back when we were living in the burger which again for those of you who don't know the burger is what we called our our house that we lived in in university should we explain that no i think it's better left unsaid (laughs) yeah okay we called it the burger anyways um we recorded our first version of it with warren doing basically no, not basically. Doing improvised jazz piano over top. And it's still one of my favorite tunes that I have on my phone. Aww. It sounds so good. Thanks, man. I love it. Yeah. Anyways. That was a fun one. I, uh, I, I think I had that rec- I'm not sure if I have that recording or not, but yeah, I I'd, that's a big favorite of mine for sure. Yeah. I'd say the biggest uh, biggest struggle of that was, so we went into Toronto from... I. I went down to Oakville and then we went from there into Toronto on the go train, uh, each of us carrying our instruments and it would have felt a lot more badass if there wasn't slush everywhere, and we were, <laughs> you know, just struggling to walk. But, uh, we went in at around three and they were like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we have the studio at two. We'll get all set up for three and we'll just get going. And I was like, cool. So, you know, I bought the, the return trip from union back to oakville thing is though go train stop running at 12 40 right from union and just to clarify this is a.m yeah a.m and we were there until 3 30 a.m yeah and that's like we didn't even finish all the recording we were just like it was just james and i the drummer we just did our parts of the bass drums and the vocals and john and chris went home early because they were like there's not like there's no way we're getting this done tonight so they went back on just this past tuesday like just under a week later to get done the rest of it and they were texting us uh some updates i think john said there was a lot of magic happening on one of the tracks so i'm very excited to hear it cool yeah 
anyways, that's that's the story of how Ticklish Cage recorded three songs in one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I I know this is kind of more of a topic for your first, like for your first um, experience in the studio, but it still stands. Like, what was it like being there in the studio? Like, how did that feel? I mean, you've done it. I have, yeah. <laughs> So why don't how you it, tell me? I want to know how it okay, felt all right. for you. Well, let's let's see what we agree on. Okay. Uh, for the first time, just I don't know. It just felt surreal, you know. Like why? Basically, the question goes through your head of why on earth someone wants to be recording you. <laughs> <laughs> the second time was a lot more. Okay, here's the interesting thing. So they changed groups for the second project different group members okay. uh the second group we worked with was they were a really passionate about music like when we went out for dinner we came back and we found them playing the piano in the studio and singing a song from a star is born like it was awesome That's and so they had cool. yeah it was great they had an ear for music and when there there was this one part uh in michelle or it kind of goes for more a strip it goes from a stripped down feeling and then like the the bass and a big guitar strum comes in and the guy wheels around his chair and he looks at me and he goes, that kicks you in the face. Oh, like, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it felt good. So the experiences were completely different. Like the, the first one was it was kind of like awe and like, wow, this is really cool. And, you know, looking at them record things and such was was basically the whole excitement of it was yeah. that it was a new thing. But the second time. It was so much more wholesome and I thought better because the people we were working with were like, they no, they are. They're musicians and they, they, they get it. It was really exciting, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, my experience yeah. was definitely more so like your first time where it was just, um, it was three of us and we just kind of went into the studio and kind of did our thing, hung out with the producers. The, um, the one who was, who's like, uh, we were coordinated this through who was the student that we knew at the program was uh, somebody we went to high school with and we all played like music together. And so that, that connection there was kind of cool to have, like just having somebody that we knew, but I think that, I don't know, I kind of like the sounds of your experience when you didn't know anybody because it's just kind of more like genuine. Cause if you do know somebody, then I think at certain times there could be a bit of that expectation that you have to be like really into or really like, just overly excited about like, what your friends are working on versus that guy wouldn't have said that unless he really thought that you were like, you were doing some hip stuff. I mean, we'll see how it turns out. I'm not going to say <laughs> that it's incredible, but I, I think the, our, our experiences are very different too, in regards that you are in a jazz quartet, right? Yeah. Well, that's a, just a completely weird. different experience. Like yeah, even recording, playing, etc from what i do well it was weird for us because our bassist couldn't make it so we played bassless first and then our guitarist just went back in and played by himself over us playing so <laughs> we're kind of like a <laughs> jazz jazz three and a half actually i kind of like that name that's kind of cool that's pretty good the jazz that's three a, and a that half that is a good jazz band name okay was your drummer for that recording uh that same guy from the launch it was isaiah yeah 
That's yeah. wild. Okay, can can you just briefly talk about that connection? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So a uh, really good friend of mine from high school, his name's Isaiah Gibbons, and he is just, ever since he was born, basically, he's just been a legendary drummer. And I've been so privileged that we were in the same music class together every semester for four years of high school. So we, like, we were around each other, like literally every day of high school. And uh, I did a few classes at Humber College with him as well. And we've played together in a few different settings. Um, the project he's like, he's, he's also um, worked with like a lot of big name musicians that were like, maybe not big name is the best word, but like, like really up and coming musicians and that he's like played young Dundas Square and like all over the place. And anyways, his current project that he's working on is there's a show on CTV called The Launch. And he is the resident drummer for that show. So obviously the launch is all about the the vocalist going in and or like maybe it's, maybe they play like an acoustic guitar while they sing or whatever, but it's all about them. But in the background of all the shots, they've got a house band that plays along for everything. And so he's the drummer for that. So if you look closely in a few shots, you can see him doing his thing. Every once in a while, he gets a close up and... Um, if oftentimes uh, the day after the launch person is announced, they will go on the one of the CTV morning shows the following morning. And so that's, it's obviously a lot smaller set and everything's lit up. So you can really see him doing his thing back there. But I mean, I like to say that, like, I'm so wildly surprised and impressed by him. But like this guy, nothing this guy does will surprise me anymore. Because He's just such a cool and genuine and honest guy. Like his whole family, like his parents are just amazing. His dad is literally the coolest person I've ever met ever. Wow. And Ouch, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, Isaiah's dad beats you. Um, but like, like he's, he's, he's been in a movie. Like he was, he was played as a band that was in a movie, like a Hollywood movie um, with another band that he's in. Like, like the, the kid, the kid is, I don't know. I, I I don't know why he plays with me. Honestly, the kid the kid is all. It's because you're good. Okay, if if anyone has not heard Warren play the piano, the kid is good. Okay, but what Thank I you. what I will say, what reminded me of this, other than us talking about your jazz thing, I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, uh, and I saw there was this ad that came up, a video ad for the launch, and it was Brian Adams making a song in a studio. And then it was a little feature about their in-studio drummer, Isaiah, who was just hanging out with Brian Adams making a song. Are you serious? <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, like, I think, I don't remember what you said about him working with big artists, but all I'm saying is, he's worked with big artists, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he has, yeah. I, I was kind of downplaying it a bit, because... Uh, the ones that come to my mind are like people that are like big in the Canadian scene or like grow, come up, like they're more up and coming people that he plays with. Okay. But like the guy has the chops to, the kids to good. like play with. The kid's good. <laughs> he knows his stuff. He's good on the track. Really? You know that sound you're looking for? This kid, he's good. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, yeah, that's, that's basically I say it in a nutshell. So yeah, super awesome dude. You should check out, uh, he's got some, some of his own project as West well. End. Uh, he did. Yeah, he did an EP called West End, and uh, uh, our friend Peter, who uh, who hung out with us at uh, at uh, at our university, he also went to high school with me, and he just 
sometimes he would you would see him racing around the halls just blasting west end and it's just <laughs> hilarious but so charming that's awesome I love it. well we know some really talented people you really do i don't know how that happened except you are one of those talented people but i i don't know just like i don't know you can call it the stroke of luck but I don't know. I think that like, I mean, obviously I consider you yourself like extremely like talented and just like well-rounded and, you know, just good at what you do. And so I think that, I don't know, maybe people that are more inclined to be what some people might call as good at something, maybe they're more inclined to seek each other out or associate with each other. And I don't know. And you know what, maybe it's just that interesting, maybe it's that everybody has that capacity, but people either haven't discovered it yet, or they don't show it. Because like, when you think about it, like, we're just regular dudes, and we have one little aspect of us that's maybe slightly above average. But it's just because we actually give that our emphasis and, you know, just focus on it a bit. I see what you're saying. So, so you mean, it's almost like the people who I don't know if you have a strength and you play to that strength, you get seen as more exceptional. Yeah. Because you are good at that one thing. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that would just never really want to play that because maybe they don't want to put themselves in a position in the spotlight. Maybe they don't feel they have the, the, they don't feel strong enough in their own abilities that they're like, Oh, I'm not actually that good. Like, I don't know, but yeah. I don't know. Or there's also the the interesting a contradiction that comes in where maybe there's something that you want to be good at and that you always have wanted to do. And maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're not good at it, but you give it all your emphasis and it still doesn't pan out, which could lead to, that could make you pretty unhappy. Yeah, it could lead to a lot of frustration. And then you got to, you know, sit yeah. back and figure out, is this something that you should keep pursuing or is it, you know, something right. that deserves which is. Thought? exactly what i did in my first year i went to school for uh, meteorology because i always wanted to study the weather for some reason i was like oh this would be so cool this would be great man i love weather i would love to be a meteorologist that's the thing i thought i would too and then i went to school for a year and i hate i really i remembered i hate math i hate science (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah those are some problems if you want to study meteorology i hate math i hate science i didn't like labs oh i hate chemistry oh my goodness oh my goodness the only reason i i never passed a single chemistry test really and i still passed how yeah labs the bell curve because everyone failed nice maybe you just had a crappy teacher well i did i did have a terrible teacher anyways yeah (laughs) meteorology not for us that's for james Uh, James does the weather.edu. If uh, any of our listeners have never, never seen it, go ahead and give, give YouTube a little search and look for uh, murder mystery. GHTV talks. What? Oh, I'm confused. It's GHTV talks episode one and two at the very beginning. You get a full weather forecast from James. Sorry. I thought you were going with where like the James does the weather.edu thing originated from. That's a different thing. Well, I mean, you can get to that, but you won't get the joke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you will because you, you, you? you watch the murder mystery I, I doesn't it get mentioned in the murder mystery i mean briefly but it it only gets... yeah yes it does because yeah that's how it started that's not how it started because it was it was saying yeah well, how did it start it started with the weather forecasts wasn't that 
I thought that that came after the murder mystery. No. Oh my goodness. Okay, so that was a reference. Okay. Yeah. I'm all turned around. That's all right. Sorry. And I always, you know what, too? The funny thing about that was the line that uh, I think Alex wrote it or part of it. I don't remember who wrote the murder mystery, but the only line about James's weather forecast was a diss about it. <laughs> I, I wrote and like directed and composed those weather forecasts. So I was personally insulted. <laughs> I was like, I was filming that comedy sketch, but secretly I was just fuming. Not, not actually, but I was also like, what the heck? <laughs> Wasn't that bad? I get, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just frustrating. Well. <laughs> I guess there's a couple other brief things I should mention as to updates or things going on in my life. Uh, I got a half surprise visit for my sister uh, a couple weeks ago, which is really cool. Nice. She just, uh, I, I was, uh, yes. it was two weeks ago today that we're recording this, uh, all of the above. Yes. Um, I was just sitting at work. It was about quarter to five. And um, I just got a call from her and she was like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I think I'm going to come up and visit you. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And mind you, it's already five o'clock on a Friday. So I'm like, when the heck are you going to get time to come here? And she's like, I'm getting in the car now. So (laughs) she just drove up like right then and there. And so we had a a little (laughs) little fun time over uh, about a day or so. And then she had to leave early because there was bad weather coming in. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of fun. (laughs) <laughs> please tell me she said it like that too i'm getting in the car now <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could tell you that but unfortunately yeah warren's family is german for anyone who doesn't know ben's family has german roots for anybody that doesn't know oh, you're exposing me man <laughs> Ben exposed <laughs> uh, anyways um <laughs> i am excited to say that i'm going down to toronto again uh, in about a month's time uh, i'm going to be attending the ontario community newspaper association conference in vaughan and oh, wow. uh yeah and then i just got tickets to go to see a funk band that i've recently discovered how much i love like i've, I've listened to their music very rarely over the last Oh, it's probably been it's been almost four or five years now since I first listened to them, but I I finally just listened to their full catalog last week for the first time, and I was just blown away. And it turns out they're doing a show the day the weekend that I'm down there, and so I was like, I'm going. So I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> yeah. And then one last thing that I'll throw on is that um, the company I work for is like a whole publishing company, so we do uh, we do a few like things for things that are not our newspapers and uh, one of those is a magazine all about uh, our island and it's used as like a tourism and promotional guide and I was always kind of hoping that they might let me write an article for the uh, the magazine with the hopes that I can maybe do it as like a freelance thing and get like a little extra cash but I don't know um, they probably wouldn't do that because like they're already paying me to write for them. And so that would just be considered writing for them and it would be redundant anyways. Um, haven't gotten that opportunity, but they had this picture of, um, of a little indigenous girl at a powwow and she was just kind of like standing on the front cover. And, uh, we were trying to find, I, I can't remember the production manager was trying to find like the original or something just to do some tweaks on it. And then he was going through, like our old photo archives and he came across a uh a photo from one of the powwows uh from this past summer 
and he was like oh that actually is kind of a cooler picture it was like an older guy uh doing a dance in his regalia at the powwow but um it was so like it took away the kid aspect of it but like he was just like a little bit more into it and he looked a little bit like less sad and so um he's like ah that's cool i'm gonna you know we're gonna put that one on the cover instead that was my picture so picture that's of mine awesome. is gonna be on the cover of magazine yeah nice so that's really looking really forward cool. to seeing that yeah i'll make sure you get a copy for sure and uh i'm gonna probably request a small box myself <laughs> like our like our emerge box <laughs> You got half of that, right? Man, I I don't think I... I hope I didn't, because if I did get half of it, then I didn't keep it. I'm regretting <laughs> having half, because they're just kind of sitting around, and I'm like, I was going to give these to so many people, and then it was like, nobody actually wants them. Okay, this isn't as relevant <laughs> as I hoped it would be. <laughs> isn't that just Emerge in a nutshell? Uh. It really <laughs> Yeah. No, that's not true though. You you were the managing editor of a really successful magazine. I was so I'm still am so impressed. And I'm glad that I do have a copy of that thing because it's it is incredible to look at. Well, you Honestly. pull off a heck of a job at the conference, but thank you very much. Okay, that's that you know what? That's an entire podcast for another time. You know, I think we should do that as, I as think a future time. We'll we'll have an emerge podcast. Maybe we'll have we a couple p- guests on. <laughs> I think we should do that when we're together at some point so that we can have a like a glass of whiskey to help drown our sorrows. That sounds good. Sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. So that's kind of my update. Um I yeah, that's that's kind of what's been happening in my life. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to share at this point. At this point, I think that's the show, man. I think that's a pretty good show. It's uh it's had its ups and downs. It's had its uh ups yeah. and downs and smiles and frowns, my man. And no scary clowns. Because uh, that's out of bounds. I took out the D. So that's <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night, man. Big believer in taking out the D. Have a great night, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging up. Take, take I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is probably as good of a time as I can. All right. See you soon. Take care, Ben. Bye-bye.